0: This morning, there we go. That's how that works. So, this morning, we are finishing up our series of theories of relativity. And today is going to kind of be a final day in many ways, in a sense that this is the final day we're finishing this. But when we finish something, we don't stop, we keep going, right? So, as we keep going, we're going to leave this place hopefully changed and in a call to do something that Jesus has called us to do. See, the title of this sermon is Ambassadors for Christ. And you'll learn a little bit more what ambassador means in this, as Mike speaks to us today. But as we listen to this scripture, and as you hear the words that God had put on Paul for the Corinthians, listen to the call that he has for your life and what he wants you to do and where he wants you to go. So the scripture today is 2 Corinthians five eleven through verses 6, 2. And it says... Since then, we know that it is to fear the Lord. We try to persuade others. What we are is plain to God, and I hope it is also plain to your conscience. We are not trying to commend ourselves to you again, but are giving you an opportunity to take pride in us. So that you can answer those who take pride in what is seen rather than what is in the heart. If we are out of our mind, as some say, it is for God. If we are in our right mind, it is for you. be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. As God's co-workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor I heard you, and in the day of salvation I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor, and now now is the day of salvation. Let us pray pray as we pray to uh, receive the word he has. God, this morning we know that you were at work every single day of our lives. Every single day. And we know that when we come to you, you will accept us and you will give us salvation, and your salvation is what allows us to be with you. But God, there is no day like today to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. There is no day like today to start living for Jesus and to leave this place changed, to have a transformed heart for spreading the gospel to the world. Because that's what we're supposed to do as ambassadors of Christ, is to spread your word to those around us. And God, as we hear the words that you have put in Mike this morning, we ask, that if it is your will, let our hearts be transformed and our minds be renewed so that we are consumed with your will and your power. And we leave this place as ambassadors of Jesus Christ and tell the world of all that he has done. Bless Mike as he preaches. Give him wisdom. Give him power. Give him grace, love, peace. We know he is for you and you are for him. In your name we pray. Amen.
1: Well, good morning. If I didn't meet you before, uh, I, I apologize for that. My name is Mike Morgan. I'm the lead pastor here. And it's my uh, opportunity this morning to share with you uh, the word of God in, in the spoken word. Before we go to that, I want to give a couple of prefatory remarks. Um, first... <clears throat> A moment of great excitement. I have been the pastor here since 2003, and in all of those preceding years until this one, we had zero high school graduation parties in the old church because um, it wasn't accessible, it was difficult to find, and the students of our church didn't feel like it really presented the way they wanted to. This weekend, four here. Yeah, that's exciting to me. I mean... It's really exciting because the students find this such a welcoming place, and it is a welcoming place, and a lot of people in the community can come in, and it's exciting also that Teresa and I don't have to cook again until Tuesday, so <laughs> I've got that, got that going for us, so we're excited about that. Um, secondly, <clears throat> another celebration, um, last week a lot of you took barbecue dinners with you. Um, this morning we took a picture of, of some of the organizers of our Monday morning uh, men's group that put that on. And uh, the celebration is this, that they were able to give $1,750 uh, to Shine, which is a program of Marion Cares that helps students in Marion and Lynn Marr come to know Christ. So like, give yourself a hand for <laughs> eating beef, I guess, or pork, yeah. So. And the students did a great, or the, the leaders did a nice job. And then one more thing, and we'll get right to the Word of God, because that's why I came by. Today's Memorial Day weekend. We know some of us that have been around know that it's celebrated. On the 31st, but in our culture, we take it on Monday. Um, there is uh, a beautiful display out in the center, and that which is behind me and around me, done by our decorating team, was just absolutely lovely. In worship earlier today, um, how we do this at Marion Methodist is we make some choices. On Memorial Day service, we memorialize here all those that have passed beyond uh, our sight into the church triumphant in heaven on our Memorial Day service. And on our service of independence, which will be July 30th, the Sunday preceding uh, Independence Day, we'll celebrate all of our uh, living veterans, and we'll celebrate those that have passed on, that have been part of our armed services. So um, we're going to have these displays here from now until then, and I hope that you're uh, grateful for the decorations team that put them together and and also, of course, can come and and celebrate. So, yeah, give them some love. That's a lot of work. A lot of work. (laughs) So we're granted freedom of life and freedom of worship and expression, and sometimes in our expression uh, of our freedom, guidance is helpful. So I'm announcing to you again that Marian Methodist desires to step into a real felt need in our community, uh, a specific type of freedom in the lives of our congregation and, and in our community. So I want to tell you this, freedom is coming. Freedom is going to be a large campaign we put on, not about your money, not about raising money for the church, but it's going to be our spiritual life campaign coming this fall. And I'm asking you now, unapologetically, to begin praying for the freedom that is coming to our church and our community. To lead this kind of a campaign, uh, we put together six teams. One is the prayer team. And by the way, if you want to still be on any of these teams, they're still taking members. We're not ever full at the church. So the prayer team obviously is going to lead a campaign in prayer and be praying for you and for our community that they might freedom, find freedom in this real need that we have in our lives. We also, of course, have an education team because uh, the, the whole campaign is about uh, a 10-session time or a 9-session time where you might be able to, to learn some things about yourself and about the world around you and, of course, how God interacts with you. And, of course, alongside that, we're going to be promoting uh, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to be seeing here on the Internet, maybe out in the community uh, that really encourage people to join in on freedom. And we hope that 80% of our worshiping congregation at least joins into this. And we pray that 20% of the participants for this campaign are part of uh, the, the community that's not part of Marian Methodist, so we're not going to hold back on promotion and advertisement. We've put together a celebration team because there's going to be a lot of small celebrations and some really big celebrations as people uh, together and individually Find freedom in their own lives, and of course, we're putting together what's called a special ops—that's short for special operations team. We'll fill you in a little bit more about that, but that's going to give people some some opportunity to really look at some deep issues in their lives. And so, we have a a team that's that's maybe in a little bit more intimate, tender kind of place, and of course, we have a leadership team. So, I'd ask you to be ahead of this. Uh, We're going to launch first week in September or so. Uh, it's going to be a big deal. We're throwing ourselves at it. We're 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 holding a few other things that we normally do on, on in the fall and saying we're not going to do those this year, so that we can do all this. Um, so new wine, new wine skins, and I'm going to ask that for freedom, both the campaign and that which might be might be bubbling up in your spirit. That you'll take a minute and pray with me right now. God, we thank you uh, that you renew us. You set us free, not only from the bondage of sin, but you set us free with the will to do as we wish, and to follow you if we choose to follow you. And we ask that you might bless this campaign that has taken on that name, that you might help people that struggle with specific and real issues in their own lives, their own finances, their own marriages, their own relationship with you, that they might find it here through the work of these teams, through the power of your Holy Spirit and the ministry here of this church. God, we ask, uh, we know you're already out in front of us. And we ask your blessing on this. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the sermon today. Now, I talked about Memorial Day. I want you to spin back to Halloween Day. I love Halloween Day because I get to meet the little kids in my neighborhood. I see them waiting out there on the bus stop, but they don't always say hi to you because they're waiting for the bus, you know? But on, on Halloween night, I sit outside, got my Snickers or Milky Way or whatever. And uh, the children come. And, and last year, this child came up to the door, and he knocked on my door. Trick or treat! And I, I looked at him. Now, I didn't understand clearly his costume. Now, I get that I'm a grandpa, so the last 20 years of children's TV are lost to me. I don't know all these characters, right? I'm, so th- from those of you of a generation, I remember the Power Rangers. And that's kind of where it broke for me. Now that I have grandkids, I'm starting to get into Mac the truck and and MacGyver or McQueen or all those kind of things. MacGyver. See? I'm telling you. Teletubbies aren't a thing anymore, right? All right? So I'm getting my mind around there. But this little boy, he comes up, and he's got a Spider-Man costume on. But he has a Batman cape. And he's got a Cubs stocking cap on. And he's got Green Bay Packers gloves. I don't know why. They sell Cowboys gloves every day. But he's got Green Bay Packers gloves on. And I looked at him, and I'm looking at all this, you know, menagerie of stuff he's got going on. And I, say, I said to him, I said, who exactly do you represent? He says, it's me, Jordan. I represent Jordan. I mean, you know, he's like a second grader. He, he wanted to, to us to know that's who he was. He was Spider-Man, a Cub fan, a Green Bay Packer, and he loved Batman. That's who he is. That's, and he loved representing represent himself. And so, of course, I come to you this morning with a simplistic question. Who do you represent? Your life's going to represent somebody. And who do you represent? Do you represent yourself? See, Jordan's answer was so honest. He represented himself, and he wanted a lot of loot to go home and eat that night, right? And, and, and he was gathering all that candy up. I know his dad was going to take two or three, but or ten. But, and you know, dads, we never take the ones we don't like, do we? Like Peanut butter cups, Snickers, hot tamales for you, nerds, and all that kind of stuff, all that sour junk. But we ask ourselves, do we represent ourselves, because when, when we look at ourselves, we have to ask Who exactly do I represent? Myself or someone greater and something greater than myself? I I know that this is a thinly veiled premise that you obviously know this is a sermon. So stay with me because when we when we represent ourselves, we desire to be known. We desire to be known. Now, I read this on the Internet, so, you know, it's relatively true. All right. 2017, so these kids are 11 now, but in 2017, the number one goal among 10-year-olds, do you know what it is? The number one goal among 10-year-olds is to be famous. Somebody said it, to be famous. I mean, when I was 10, I assumed you guys would all have my Dallas Cowboys posters on your wall by now, but, but the number one goal of 10-year-olds is to be famous, to be known, to be known about. And we say, oh, they're 10. You know what? Let me tell you, I think sometimes the number one goal of adults is to be known, too. And you say, oh, no, I'm too humble for that. I don't want to be known. I said, well, just hold on. Let's not put our fall humility out there quite yet. Let, let's take a look at this. Say, Let's take a look at about maybe a lot of us claim some micro fame. Micro fame. I, I stole that from another preacher. But micro fame, you know, just being known in our little circle for something. Listen to this. Those of you of certain group. When we put something on social media, you check it every few minutes to see how many people are liking it, don't you? You can say, amen, yes, Pastor Mike. You're like, man, if I don't get 100 likes tonight, they just don't care for me anymore. We just, we got to have 100 likes. We got to have 100 hearts or whatever. But, but we want to be known for that. We, you know, if we put a picture of our cat on, we know people want to love our cat, Right? Or whatever it is you're putting on social media, but we but we crave some of that micro fame. Well, not only that. Okay, so hold on, it, it's not all social media. Sometimes, we we just want to ha- be famous for something a little closer. to This you, you guys have seen this in your families. So you're getting ready for Thanksgiving or Memorial Day, maybe you say, okay, uh, I'll I'll get the grill together and I'll bring the I'll, I'll, I'll bring the burgers and stuff like that. Um, you you bring the the rolls and. You bring the dirt. Now, Grandma, we want you to bring your famous fill in the door. See? In, in our own little circles, we've got our famous people, right? And we also want to be in our fi- Oh, they're famous for their whatever, or they're famous for their clean garage, or whatever. We, we, we like having that idea of being known. We, we like being known for something. I, I was talking to a guy, didn't go to Marion High, so I was pl- proud of that, at a graduation party earlier this week. And he started his sentence talking to me about high school football saying, well, when, his, when I was in school, and then he painted himself out to be like the Heisman Trophy of high school students, and in my mind, I'm all thinking, dude, it, we're 60, get over it, right? But, but he still wanted to be known from that. He hadn't put a helmet on in 40 years. And you guys probably don't know this, but we all like to be known, but like, I, I, I don't want this to get out, but among five-year-olds in the church, I'm like a pretty big deal. You know, I was down the other end uh, a few weeks ago and these two probably kindergarten kids walking down the hall and I called one of them by name and I said, hey, how's it going? And as they walked away, the other one says, how does Pastor Mike know your name? <laughs> now, I'm so famous for all of them. You know, of course, I didn't want to tell him I knew his name too, but um, not for the best reason. No, I'm I, uh, <laughs> But you know, when we represent ourselves, we crave being known. We, we crave, even in our little micro- micro-worlds. We want to be known. And, and when we represent ourselves, we also want to be accepted. We want to have a tribe that we fit into. If, if you ever go to a high school, some, I see some high school teachers in, in here. And you guys know, because I was in a high school cafe a month or so ago, and all these individual students that want to be individual but they want to make sure they're in a tribe too. They all got the same genes that I worked hard to make holes in when I was a kid, but they got them pre-made for them. And they're all sitting together. And, and the group that wants to be like cowboys, they dress together. The ones that want to be goth, dress together. and the one, They all want a tribe. They all want to be accepted. We all do. We all, all want to have a group. Now, we think it's kids, but listen to this. There's, there's this tribe within us right now. I call them the Whole Foods people. You know, people that go to Whole Foods. That, and and they, they'll, like, tell you. You'll be, like, at a graduation party or something and say, hey, try, try this dip. I, I snuck some kale in there. I'll be like, get it out. <laughs> you know, but there's these 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 things that we 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 do that we want to be accepted because well everybody's buying kale I guess so we got to have kale soup and just no, um, but but we want that affirmation and 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 when we're when we're looking just to be accepted as ourselves we need affirmation frequently we need it a lot. We want to stay in the mainstream of, of the group of people who are around. We want to avoid confrontation. We want to agree, uh, avoid people disagreeing with us. And we don't want our ideas or our opinions being pushed back. Because when we represent ourselves, we want to be accepted. And we want to be known. And, and when, we, when we represent ourselves, we, want, we desire not only to be known and accepted, but we desire to be loved. Last week, Simon, I'm not going to refu- re- review Simon's sermon from last week because it was fantastic. One of the things that he dove into a little bit is about this idea of self-love, about how so many places out there are telling us, hey, whatever your deal is, it's great. Whatever you got going on, you're wonderful, you're loved, you're cared for, and and people crave that. And and I understand that because we really do, and we represent ourselves. We need to know that others have strong feelings for us, and we want to hear it over and over again. Because I'm a child of the 70s, when the 70s shows was on, I, I kind of dug into that. I liked that because there's a lot of references I knew. But there was this one character on there called, uh, played by Mila Kunis. And, and she said to her boyfriend one time, she said, Michael, tell me how great I am again. Tell me how great I am again. And, and when you're looking to be loved, you need to hear it over and over again because our value comes from the volume of adoration and praise people put on us. And if we're representing ourselves, we desire to be independent. We love to have people know that we've picked our own path. We love to hear about ourselves that man, when, when they were made, when he was made, they broke the mold. Or we we desire to hear that she's just one of a kind. But I'll tell you one of the most difficult things is truly when he or she is an island. But we want to be independent. Christians are all given this unique, valuable, individual personality and these unique, valuable, personal opportunities. But we are not called, hear me now, don't don't hear what I'm not saying. We are not called to the kingdom of self. We are not called to simply serve the kingdom of self. The people that we memorialized today, and we had a row of memorial candles here and We lit 30 candles up here for those in our congregation that have passed this year. The people that we memorialized today showed us that the kingdom of self is not enough. That we need to reach past that. That we weren't put on this earth just to serve ourselves. There's more to life like that. And so we honor them and we honor God by taking our role. So God's people are to be ambassadors of Jesus Christ for the world. Now let's take a look at what that means. It's great to say it's more important to learn. Look what an ambassador is. An ambassador is a representative of one group that lives with another group. So we take people that are citizens of the United States over to another country, and they represent us among those people. They live within a group, but they're not part of the group. They're in it, but not of it. Jesus tells us this about ourselves as Christians living in a world that he knows is not completely then or now faithful to him. By saying this, they don't, talking about us, they don't belong to this world, just as I don't belong to this world. You live in it, but you're not of it. That's really hard to live in a world and be a representative of Christ, but not be completely of the world. The primary responsibility of ambassadors are to build relationships that link the people with whom they live to those who they represent. To reflect the official position of the leader, in our case, Jesus. To reflect the official position of the leader who's not present, but whose character needs to be known among the people among which we live. And God's ambassadors, that's us, are to be those people in the world. Now, when we're doing the work of ambassadors, our work is to reconcile people to God. You need to hear that. Our work is to reconcile people to God. It is not to tell them how terrible they are. It is not to tell them how wrong they are. It is not to make a list of their sins. It is not to say, boy, you failed because you tried to get, you know, to stop smoking weed and you haven't, you know got there quite yet or you, you know you, you, you you've you had a lot of problems at work and you're just not changing your behavior and, and you've been running around the internet in the wrong place it's not to make that list there's that list for everyone our job is to reconcile people to God and reconciliation is possible because Christ came for all of us and was willing to die on the cross see Christ crucified is the reconciliation of all people when it says be reconciled to God what it what what Paul is saying to us is that he did that so that you might become one with him, and we're to be ambassadors of that. We're supposed to share that with with the the community in which we live, because our pledge is not to the citizenship of the kingdom of self or the kingdom of the world, but to the kingdom of God, and our responsibility is to invite others into the kingdom. So this is a simple two-point sermon, and I'm on second point, so stay with me. Ambassadors are to be faithful, not famous. Now, that's often unpopular. Uh, for instance, being this. You know, it doesn't matter what your Repu- whether you're Republican or Democratic. It doesn't matter what, what your stripe is. Obviously, this guy named Terry Branstad was fairly popular in Iowa because we kept electing him governor, right? So he's popular here. But now the president has taken and made him the ambassador to China. He's not popular there. You get that, right? You know, when you go to China, they're not saying, oh, you Americans are so awesome. Right? I don't know what they say because I don't speak Chinese, but it's not you're so awesome. So you take a popular person and put them where they're unpopular. You take a Christian who has a first-rate understanding of God and is very popular within our micro-community and put us in other places where we might not be popular. John 15 says this. If you belonged to the world, the world would love you as its own. And then he says, however. Now, however is a big change of thought process. However, I have chosen you out of the world. I, I've extracted you from the world. And you don't belong to the world. Your, your membership is changing. This is why the world hates you. Gulp. Uh, you know, none of us raise our hand to be hated. We like to be loved, known, and accepted. But what Christ is saying is, I've chosen you out of the world, so the world's not always going to dig you. You're the light of the world. You are shine light, but you don't really need light where the sun's going, right? You need light where it needs to overcome the power of darkness, and that is the role of the Christian. Secondly, ambassadors for Christ are to be accepting, not off-putting. Ambassadors for Christ represent Christ in a culture that's not Christian. We know the culture we live in. We have the internet. We have the newspaper. We have radio and TV. We know what's going on. And I want to remind you of this. When Jesus is inviting people to himself, he's never mean-spirited. He's never off-putting. He's always winsome and invitational. Christ is pretty happy to have people come to him. You know, I have a friend that says, I'm a Christian, but I'm not mad about it. Think about that. I'm a Christian, but I'm not upset about it. I'm a Christian, but I love representing Christ. We sometimes don't come off that way. You know, we come off like the, like the guards in The Wizard of Oz. I'm a Christian. No, Got a smile. Thank you for somebody picking up the reference. You know why Simon sings now, right? Not P. Mike. All right. But, but, but Christ, of course, unequivocally came to transform the world. But when he meets this woman at the well, and I'm not going to rehearse all of John 6 to you, but when he meets this, this woman at the well, he does invite her to bring her husband, knowing that she doesn't have one. She says, the man, uh, I don't have a husband. She says, he, and Jesus says, I know. The one you live with is not your husband, and you've had several husbands before that. And she still goes back to her friends and says, come in here, come and know Someone who knows everything about me. Jesus was so winsome. He didn't condemn her. He didn't put her down. He doesn't, if you watch the Jesus story, and I do, he doesn't ever put anybody down. He never says what a lot of postmoderns have done with saying, you sinner. He says, yeah, of course you're a sinner. Come on home. Come on in. And ambassadors of Christ are supposed to welcome people the same way. Jesus Christ came to introduce a new and attractive way of living and to offer an invitation to it. An ambassador for Christ, that's us, doesn't try to change people. We don't try to change people. We try to introduce them to a new way. We're to introduce people to God who's already reaching to them. I had this blessed, I got to tell you about this thing that happens Wednesday night. And I got to look at my watch because the computer, you know, two things. So we have this computer that runs our screen back there and it has the clock attached to it. And it's three days out of warranty, so you know it broke, right? So it's getting sent in today. But no clock on the back wall for me, so I've got to look at my watch. But then the old preacher joke is, you know what it means when the preacher looks at his watch? It don't mean anything, right? Okay, there you go. But we had this blessed moment that I believe was above many moments on Wednesday night in here. We have a student, his name's Adam, that grew up in a Buddhist home who came to Summer Games a few years ago, received Christ, and wanted to get baptized. And he asked me if I would baptize him, and I said I wouldn't do it if his parents didn't affirm that. And so he came to me on his 18th birthday and said, will you baptize me now? And I said, I will. And so we had this wonderful moment that's as different than all others that we have, maybe in youth group, because he he works in a restaurant, his parents run a restaurant, so he can't come on Sunday mornings. But we had this uh, moment where we baptized him here. And I'll tell you what, the Holy Spirit was really happy about all that. And one of the things I brought to that service was a box, wrapped, a gift-wrapped box. And I made this point, and, and it's pertinent here, is that, you know, each one of us, has a gift that 's being offered to us every single day and it 's for us specifically this one was for adam it 's a specific gift and it 's called the grace of God and God is always reaching it to us he 's always willing to give it to us. all we need to do to receive it is reach out and take it but god won 't force it for us i can't you can 't somebody else can 't open it for us and tell us about it and so as we 're seeking to 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 understand this. We need to be able to help people see that God is reaching to them in winsome and loving ways and in exciting ways and happy ways and ways that will make their lives better with this gift of grace that, that shows that they love them so much. And we simply need to, to help them say, well, we'll, we'll take it. it. It's for you. Ambassadors of, of Jesus Christ to the world are always loving. Always loving. Always loving. We need to be intentional and pursue and engage relationships. So so often we say, Well, I don't know anybody that's not Christian. And every pastor everywhere would say, Well, you need to get to know more people then. Some of you would probably say, because of where, and I know some in our church say, I don't know anybody that's not Christian. And then in parentheses, I would add the word yet, because we have a responsibility and opportunity. We're to actively be pursuing relationships. In every context of our lives, you know, when you go into Fairway, there's all kinds of people. The people that are between you and the eggs can be in greeted in loving and winsome ways. The people that you're standing beside, and, and even though James runs such a tight ship, every once in a while, you might have to wait in line for 35 seconds, right? But there's people right there that you can enter into contact, in, in, into community with. Because here's the thing, most of us will not go out and be evangelists. Most of you won't even ever stand up here. But we all have the opportunity to be cul-de-sac Christians. A cul-de-sac Christian is just the one that takes their microcosm of life and tries to speak Christ into it by the way we are. You don't have to preach. Very few people actually hear Christ by preaching. They get nourished after they know Christ by preaching. They get fortified through preaching in a faith that probably already exists. But cul-de-sac Christianity is you be your faith. You live your faith at home. So when you're talking to somebody over the backyard, when you're flipping burgers with your neighbor, when you're out there cutting grass, well, in Iowa, I should say, when you're out there scooping snow, you know, talk to the people around you and and seek to make, don't, don't make it hard, seek to make everybody's life happier and better just for coming into contact with you. Be that light into a dark world because everybody's got something going on. And if you shine a little light on them, nobody hates having their life being made better except Eeyore. And he's make-believe, right? I have a friend called Bruce Erson, retired Methodist pastor. And maybe this is too simplistic, but Bruce used to always tell me this. He says, Mike, there's really only two kinds of people in the world. I, I don't know. Maybe there's more than that, but I like this analogy. He says, there's only two kinds of people. He says, loving, unloving. That's it. Just pick which one you're going to be. And really, for Christians, that's not a bad choice. You know, just pick it and live it. You know, it it doesn't make it hard. You can read a bunch of books about it. You can go on the Internet and find how to be a better Christian. But pretty much loving is it. Just be more loving. Be more kind. You'll be an ambassador for Christ. And last, and we'll get you to the offering. Ambassadors for Christ need to be connected not isolated the ambassador in another country always works to connect with every part of the culture they're in we need to connect with the the culture we're in see Christianity made a huge mistake in North America in the last century and a lot of us a lot of us were raised in this listen to this because this might resonate in your heart a lot of us were raised with an understanding of Christianity that sin is a virus And that virus needs to be stayed away from as far as possible because the idea of Christianity, to have Christianity in your life, you're to stay holy and pure and stay away from anybody that has the virus of sin in them. Now, what that fundamentally caused was this huge division because that was not what Christ was about. You want want me to make sure? Let me show you how dirty Christ was. You know that Jesus Christ was the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. He has no peer or equal, right? He could have chosen anywhere to come into the world. He could have chose the palace of Caesar. He could have come in on a flying carpet any way he wanted to do. But what's he pick? A barn. What's he pick? A barn. He's born among the animals, the animal food and the animal, you know, other stuff. It doesn't get much dirtier than that to be born by, 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 you know, goat and, and cow poop. But that's where Jesus chose to be born. Don't you think that has something to do with his character and personality? Isn't it something that he wanted to show us that he's born right into the messy of life so so that in the messy of life we'll have a witness to those who are in the midst of it? He, He came for our messy stuff. And his plan is that we get in the messy stuff so that others might be helped either through it or out of it. Man, I know some people that are in some messy stuff right now. It's dirty, and they're having the hardest time finding a way out. And you know what they need? They need some Christians to be in there with it, to to show they don't need preaching. (laughs) They need loving. They need acceptance. They need kindness. They need to feel connected, not isolated. Paul says this. As God's partners, this was the last line Kelsey read, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. I hate that about church sometimes. We know that we were a people bent on sinning. We know that by our own volition, Our lives were not going a great way, and Christ turned us at least all the way around and sometimes even more than all the way around and brought us to a place where our life is filled and loving and we forget to do anything about it. We might say, thank you, God, but we don't share that. We don't let it drain off. We don't let what's saturating our spirit drip off on anybody else. And that's ignoring the gift, for goodness sake, for Christ's sake, actually. If you've been transformed by the power of Jesus Christ, be a friend to the world. Don't keep it for yourself. See, God is connected with us so that we could point other people to him. He'll do his work. God always does his work. He already is doing his work. And his ambassadors, and that's the corporate you all, need to represent him. So I start, I end where I started. Who exactly do you represent with your life? Whoever it is, it doesn't have to stay the same. So I invoke by God's Spirit the call upon you to say, represent with your life Jesus Christ. God, we thank you for the opportunity to represent you in the world. But you don't give that opportunity to every single person in the world. But because we showed up up on a Sunday morning, because we are uniquely and distinctly called, we know that you're leaning into our lives. So help us be ambassadors, Lord. It's not what we woke up probably thinking of doing. We have to be reminded daily that we can make people's lives better and happier for having contact with us because you had contact with us first. So give us the faith, give us the strength, give us the opportunity, Lord, to represent you. and Let us do it well. Let, it do, let us be happy about it. Let us be winsome about it. And let us introduce people to you in the living of our very lives. In your name we pray. Amen. We, we have been blessed with so many gifts, you know. Uh, we're people. We all got here in cars. We're enjoying air conditioning. Uh, you get to do probably whatever you want to today, which means we're blessed. And so we want to pass that blessing on to other people. We want to show God how much we love him and we do this through offering and by the way if you're a guest and visitor don't feel compelled like like we require this of church attendance we don't but we love giving our gifts so so during a certain point of the worship when we get towards the end we give gifts that represent us to God and we're going to do that now so I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward and would you give gifts that represent you to the Lord Jesus